Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone. Welcome to Market TT's in the Cob. Perfect. I'm losing my store. What's happening? Well, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, it's going to be bought. The property is going to be bought. And um, I'm getting moved to a different store. Now, to clarify, this is the liquor store that he manages. Yeah. Not his clothing site. No. <laughs> um, it's going to be bought. And one of the other managers of the other store that I'm going to put in a two-week notice. And so I got to go and fill in there. So... And it's closer to home. It is. And that's what's weird is like I have this feeling because like the store is what? Two miles maybe from where we are now. What, the new store? Where I'm going, yeah. Not even that. Not even that. Maybe a mile. So wake up in the morning. I, I canceled my gym membership because the gym membership is on the north side of town where I work. So to go there every day after work on the south side of town would be stupid. It would be a waste of gas to do that. So, I'm going to get a new gym membership at a gym that's close to my house, which I probably should have done in the first place. Um, that's probably only a quarter of a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. So, wake up, take the boys to school, go to work, go to the gym, go home. That's going to be, like, my area. So, I have a feeling, like, if I have to go to the north side of town, I'll be like, what year is it? <laughs> My life. Who's president? What's going on? <laughs> like, I'm going to be this hermit. They'll be like, yeah, just uh, go up to, uh, just meet me at Panda Express. I'm like, I don't know what you, you're saying. Yeah, it's like. Walmart? I know Walmart. When your mom and I were driving earlier today, we were out on a road between here and the next town over, and they put in a roundabout, and I was like, what the hell happened? This wasn't here. So I hadn't been there in so long. The world's changing too fast. Yeah. But. We, we managed to make it around the roundabout, so it was okay. Yeah. Because now they're popping up everywhere. Where That's they live. a solution in our town. To the 
crisis of all of these intersections that don't really have much traffic. Put a roundabout on it. Yeah, because we don't really need them there. Stop signs were working just fine, but... For real, dude. Let, let's not be able to fund our school buses, but put in roundabouts. Yeah. Makes a whole lot of sense. Well, they're fun. If we, you got the kids with you and you hit a roundabout going 40, the kids have fun. If you hit it straight on and fly into the air... Sure. Or if you mean hit it like, I'm going to whip around it at 40. You Either know, way, it can be completely fatal. You know, we did that in Iraq on, the, on my first tour. That was like our standard operating procedure on a convoy. Just to run over? Nobody knew how to operate a con or how to operate a roundabout. And Iraq is full of them. They are everywhere. But you came from Colorado Springs and they had roundabouts. Yeah, but... I don't know. Or maybe they didn't know how to drive a tank through one. Maybe it's, uh, maybe you can't. Yeah. So they're like, so what are we going to do? And, and the curator's like, well, what you do? And he like tried to break out a board and was like, this is what you do. And all that stuff. And the guys are like, yeah, but there are other cars and are going to be there. And they got to where the commander's like, fucking go through it. Just fucking go through it. So now every time I'm driving and I see a roundabout, I'm like, I could just fucking... Blast Most through it. this whole fucking thing. I know how to do that. <laughs> I'm better at that than anybody in my town right now. Everybody in this city. I am better at just driving straight through a roundabout. You've had the training. Other, You've had the experience. Other bitches drift slightly to the right. <laughs> like gun it and run it, bro. Oh, God. Hold on, kids. I'll get you to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need... Rose. See what's gonna happen is when I go to the north side of town. Like there was, there was an Applebee's, there was an Applebee's right here. I remember last year there was one. It'll be gone. <laughs> Bob Evans will still be there. I get to the north side of town. It's like what are these flying cars? Time <laughs> warp. I'm gonna have like cabin fever, kind of, because I'm just gonna be operating in like what would that radius be? Five mile radius at most. Less than that. Less than two miles. Man. You're going to make a loop. Yep. And that's about it. Yep. Actually, more like a V. Not even a full loop. Yeah, an L. What are they going to L? Or V. Whatever. Because that road kind of curves back in on itself. I'm really going to fucking so. argue right now. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the <laughs> podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name is Erica. I'm your host this evening, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Billy. What up, yo? Who doesn't know what the north side of town will look like five years from now? I'm, uh, I'm scared. <laughs> uh, we got a, a twofer again for you tonight. Oh, speaking of, that cute little voice you heard was Nugget. And he is, if you couldn't tell, the cutest kid in the world. Um, not like what we're talking about. No. He's a precious little gem. But, uh... These two fuckers we're talking about tonight are not. The real fuckers. We're actually going to probably continue on and make this a whole series of episodes as we go through. Children who kill. Killer kids. Yes, kids who kill. And we've got two of them tonight. Two little bastards. Little bundles of fuck. That's what they're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go over them tonight. Um, first one we're going to talk about. Some of you may be familiar with this one. It's the more recent of the two we're going to talk about. Happened in 1993. Eric Smith murdered four-year-old Derek Roby on August 2nd 
1993 in Scuban County, New York, when he was only 13 years old. You probably recognize him if you're looking up crime online. He's the weird little kid with the big glasses and the kind of low-set ears, um, uh, red hair. Yeah, he ginger. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was a ginger. He, I mean, so, like I remember like seeing like a documentary or something, you know, about it on YouTube. You know, one of the ones that's not like not like thirty or forty minutes long, but ones that are like five minutes. That yeah, just kind of highlight what he did. But I remember seeing him like he looks like the type of guy that kill a fucking kid. Yeah. So anytime you're looking up crime, especially if it involves kids, you always see his face pop up, even if you haven't clicked on it to see what that story's about. Oh, this has it, nothing to do with the fact he's ginger. It might. I think they're great. Yeah. Why not? Some are great. Yeah. Some might be little assholes that kill four-year-olds. And when that happens, Ginger snaps. Oh, that uh, was good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank I like you. what you're doing there. You're going to go places. <laughs> I like where your head's at, sir. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> Guess we just found the title of this fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good one. That's a keeper. So, uh, like I said, Eric, with his red hair and his big glasses, originally started out born on January 22nd of 1980. So, he was born the same year as me. He's about our age. Mm-hmm. With his kind of strange look, he got a lot of teasing in school. Uh, he began pinning up his rage from very early on in his life. Which, of course, exploded on August 2nd of 1993 because kids these days don't know how to fucking control themselves. Kids these days? <laughs> okay. Um. Super best friend, if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> kids these days. What's going on with kids these days? Kids yes, these days. days. Okay. <laughs> he was born when we were born. So you can't be like, oh, not, that's not to disagree with you, but it's not like the whole, like, he, you know, the kids nowadays ain't like, no, he's our age. And I remember like being a kid. Okay. He was bullied. Sure. Nowadays there's like, there's no tolerance to bullies and all that stuff, you know? And that's because people snap, ginger snap. But back then, like if he balled up his fist and smashed in the teeth of a bully, the bully, that's why that is such a tried and true thing. If a bully fucks with you, fuck with him harder. He won't fuck with you no more. That is a fact. That has been going on since like the 40s and 50s. Did he push you? Push him down. Did he punch you in the arm? Punch him in the jaw. Yeah. He won't fuck with you no more. I've actually got a little story about that because I had a kid that would tease me all the time in like fifth grade. And it was a boy. So fifth grade. What are you, like 10, 11? Somewhere around there. Yeah, 11. Sure. Yeah, he kept on and kept on. And so one day after school on the walk home, because he had to walk home the same way I did, I pummeled the shit out of him. And he didn't mess with me after that. Because <laughs> he didn't want to get beat. Imagine, if, now see picture Eric Smith. He doesn't do that. He just keeps mm-hmm. getting bullied. And then he does this shit. And see, and I also did that in my high school years when an ex-boyfriend kept walking by me, calling me names. I kept pinning it up and pinning it up, and it did explode one day, but it exploded on him, and I punched him in the back of his fucking fat head. Yeah. Right in front of the security guard. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best decision, but you know what? I got taken to the office, and I told the principal, 
uh, I'll just go file a restraining order against him, and then you'll have to figure out how the fuck he's going to get to class and stay 250 feet away from me. And lo and behold, I didn't get any trouble. Man. <laughs> he didn't really do anything after that. No. That was about he it. He did not. So, if anybody younger is listening, I'm not advocating violence. Mm-mm. Stand up to a bully. You know, and our son, our older son, he told us like there was a zero tolerance policy on bullying. Mm-hmm. Where like if somebody even puts their hands on you and you don't like it, they're like suspended instantly. That like, is insane. Whoa, we're going a little fucking overboard. That's like what? What is that? Are they start coming out within the army? The is it a stress card? They don't do that no more. Oh, oh I think it was all. A, I think it was all an urban myth. I've never <laughs> seen a stress card in my fucking life. <laughs> but yeah, that's stupid. Suspending a kid because they chewed their Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. I was bullied and picked on and teased and all kinds of shit growing up through school. And you're I, fine. I do not have very fond memories of any school that I ever went to. Even where I had really good friends. I I don't miss any of my schools. What about college? Because of that. Hmm? What about college? Um, it was Okay. But, I mean, college isn't where, you know, unless you're, like, living in a dorm and all that shit, you don't, like, make close friends going to the type of college I went to. Yeah. So, I know, I still know a couple people that I went to nursing school with, and I actually work with one. She graduated with me. But that, and, you know, by that time, I was already in my mid-20s when I did that, so it wasn't quite the same. Mm-hmm. It's going straight out of high school into college. I'd already done my drinking and partying and, you know, I was moved on from the high school shit. But, you know, as much as I hated it, I'm kind of glad that I turned out the way I am. I like it. Now I just don't give a fuck. And actually, back then I had a lot of I don't give a fuck what you think about me. So people said a lot of shit to me and I let it roll off. Because after middle school, when I got teased for my acne, very viciously, by a group of boys, high school, I was just like, fuck them. They they aren't, they don't define me. Yeah. So, and the thing is, a lot of people thought my attitude was coming off as being arrogant or a know-it-all or, no, it wasn't that I thought I was better than anyone, but I didn't have time for their shit. So, you know, people want to, oh, I'm going to kick your ass. Go ahead and swing. And they never would. Yeah. <laughs> so I can understand kids going through a lot of grief. I've been there. I, I sympathize. I've totally been there, but there's no reason to go and kill another kid for it. Yeah. Especially a defenseless little four-year-old. There's no point. That's why this asshole is on top of my shit list right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That last episode you did, that guy, your solo. Yeah. I mean, that was, grisly and horrific but at least as a 17 year old i think she could have defended herself i think she chose not to defend herself and i'm not victim shaming at all but i think she knew there was a problem with him early in their relationship and she chose to stay yeah the only funny thing i took from it was the fact that he showed up at the police station so i remember here reading about little Mm -hmm. bits about this and i'm like Really? You went to the... And they showed up and they saw that? Were you like, oh, I found her like that? No, she drowned. Well, yeah, she drowned. But what about all this shit? See, that goes into the whole theory I have with the reason why you die. Sure, it's heart failure. But the fact that you stabbed him in the face 72 times, that sure didn't help. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, drowning did it, but... Yeah, your heart still failed. What led, what led to that? <laughs> I'm sorry, we, we went off topic. We Go did. Ahead. Go ahead, sweetie, I'm sorry. But um, Eric, of course, pinning up this rage, decided to release that as he was riding his bike one day um, to a summer day camp. He came across four-year-old Derek Roby. Derek was walking alone to the same camp, and Eric lured him into a wooded area nearby and began to strangle him. He then unearthed a pair of large rocks nearby and dropped them onto Derek's head. He then proceeded to undress the four-year-old and sodomize him with a tree limb. And he then arranged the body so that Derek's left shoe was by his right hand and his right shoe was by his left hand. He went through Derek's lunch bag, smashing a banana and dumping red Kool-Aid on the body. See, what breaks my heart about this whole horrific thing is when he started strangling him. Mm-hmm. Because you know he hit that that poor four-year-old was so, like you when you're a kid, you trust somebody older than you. You always do. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if the kid's 14 or if he's 10. If they're bigger than you, even if they're the same yeah. age and they're bigger than you, you think they're an authority figure. Yeah. So just that that the the look that I mean just the, it breaks my heart the look in his eye the confusion why are you why are you doing this why this is, this hurts why are you doing you know what I mean and that's why I can sit here and talk about all this shit because I have this little shut off switch in my mind so I can sit here and talk about it and think about the logistics of it but not think about the victim their face what they were feeling I try my best to not empathize because then it becomes oh, sorry. something horrible sorry. <laughs> No, it's okay. But that's how I'm able to get through all this. And so if I sound like a horrible person, that's just how I am. I'm a nurse. I have this own little area of my brain that I can just shut down and you know, focus on the matter at hand. You know what you sound like? You sound like a medical examiner. Yeah. I used you know, to want to be one. Yeah, like you ignore the fact that it's possibly a child on the slab. You just say, blunt force trauma here. Mm-hmm. And then a rupture here. Exactly. And, you know, the, and We're yeah. trained as nurses. To just report the facts, what we see, what we assess, what we visualized, what we heard, um, what we could feel, you know, did they have a hematoma that was raised up? That's how we're taught in nursing school, because you have to have that little space that you can just kind of block off. You put a little wall up for a while and you may break down later because believe me, I have many times (laughs) you've witnessed that. She has. (laughs) But at the time being, I can do that, and that's why when we talk about these stories involving these horrific things with children, young people, you know, just anyone, um, that that's, I just kind of want to explain myself. I don't want you guys to think that I'm heartless and can't sympathize with this kid, but that's how I deal with it. I don't um, know how you do. <laughs> I do. I do the total opposite because it would be like I would come across a victim who was violated by a fucking tree limb and i was just like i can't do this i quit i'm gonna go open it lemonade stand <laughs> like like i would like if i was the the medical examiner of this of this victim of, of derek you know mm-hmm. and see that's the difference i'm not and, and it's not to say like you're heartless or nothing it's just you have that switch you would say the victim i say derek you know mm-hmm. and i would later after the assessment refer to him as Derek. Sure. And that's when I'd probably have my little meltdown at the time when I'm doing an assessment, they're the resident, the patient, the victim. Yeah. That, because that's how I have to do it to get the job done. Yeah. But like, I would just, I would, 
see that and that and my mind would just go not to dark places but just confusion utter utter fucking confusion i would be like why would somebody what would possess somebody to do such a thing to somebody and it wouldn't even have to be a child it could be a, a person if a person was strangled to death and then had a well, basically a tree limb just shoved up their ass and then had their lunch dumped on them for no fucking reason i'd be like why why did this fucking happen and I tell you what, I'm glad I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not a cop because I would be fired. I would be in jail. I would be in prison. You know, like um, True Detective season one, mm-hmm. when they found when Woody Harrelson found the kids. Spoiler alert: found the kids like in that back of the semi or whatever that was attached to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, and he just walked up, fucking shot him. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, "Good for you. Good. Yeah. Fucking shoot him. Shoot him right in the foot." Fu- and I would. And it was one of those things where it's like I value human life more than anybody else, but. I would do that and then just step over his body. And he's like, yeah, okay. And I can understand that just like at the end of seven. Yeah. Your spoiler alert. He fucking shoots him. I can understand that. He's so. His wife's. What was in the box? Sorry. <laughs> okay. 19, what? 97. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now. Fuck 20 you. years ago. God, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I completely can empathize with that. Yeah. After the fact, I'm not the one in the situation. It's not being done to me. So for now, I have to shut that off. And I would walk up on the scene and be like, okay, have we cordoned off the area? Nobody touch anything. Nobody touch anything. We need to assess everything because that's what I'm taught as a nurse. We need to assess. What do you think, Officer Jones? Fucking had it in a box. He had it delivered. I mean, I would immediately start analyzing the whole situation, the position the body was found in, what items were nearby. Do we see any footprints? Do we see any, you know, possible uh, items we can collect for evidence, fingerprints, DNA? I immediately start going to that analytical part in my brain. That would be, and I've had, for some reason, that's come up a lot recently, like on social media and stuff, and even at work. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked, you know, like, what would you be if you weren't a nurse? Uh, I'd probably want to be a homicide detective. Sure. I, I mean, I, I used to want to be a forensic pathologist, and I would still, I would love to be one, but I'm too late in the game to try and start that medical uh, school career. <laughs> you're not too late in the game to become a homicide detective. You have to go to college for criminal justice, try to get a bachelor's. While you're working on your bachelor's, join the force and be just an office, just a patrol. That's the thing. I don't want to do the patrol part. Well, you're hunting. You gotta, you gotta get in there and if do I was, it. If I was fresh out of high school and had joined, you know, as a cadet right then, and had time to work up to it, then yeah. Right now, I don't have the patience for that. No. But see, it was it, it, the, what you what you say though. This kind of reminds me of when I was a soldier, mm-hmm. um, like on our first tour. First tour to me, the first tour always sticks out. Me but, too, because. It was bad. <laughs> it, it was. It, you guys went over there right when the war started. And um, it would be like, like the, what you said, like how you could just switch on, mm-hmm. you know, and you can just, you know, and that's what would happen. Like we, we would just hear, we would sit down and hear like, oh, those are mortars, you know. And mm-hmm. So we, did, we just automatically just switched on and is get your gear, get your weapon, get to the hole right mm-hmm. now, just, go. Survival. You know, yeah. That instinct. But then it's like afterwards, that's when you're rocking back and forth and you're kind of shaking. You're like, I could have got fucking killed. I could have just fucking died. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it just it hits it hits you. Like some people, it hits them. You know, when it happens. That's why you know. That's why they say you know hesitation will get you killed because some people do that. Some people freeze. Some people lock up. Some people don't. Some people don't know when to switch it off. But I, I, I lucked out. I was one of those guys. Like just as soon as it, as soon as shit hit the fan, I knew exactly what to do, when to do it, size somebody up exactly when I needed to. Afterward, I go, oh my god, I was really close to getting shot just now, type of thing. Yeah, and this is a very horrible analogy because nothing could compare to what you went through. But like when we lived in Colorado Springs, when we drove up to Pikes Peak, up in that area in the car, and it got down to the dirt road, the one lane, and we're on the edge of a cliff. Uh-huh. And at the time, I was focused on the road, and I was like, no, we're going to get through here. We're going to get through that tunnel. We're going to get to where we need to go, and then we're going to return home safely. And then after we got off the mountain, I was like, holy fuck, I'm never doing that again, because we could have just <laughs> rolled off the fucking mountain. Pulled to a gas station. I got to cry. We, when we're, like, driving up on the edge of the mountain just to let cars by, that's no, I'm not doing that again. No. And what's crazy is the person that's driving by is behind the road going, we're going to get off this mountain. Because <laughs> they were having to drive on the outside by the cliff. Fuck that. Fuck <laughs> hyping that. That's, that's kind of what I, I relate to that situation as. Is afterwards, you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> and then that wall just like breaks down. Yeah. So. At 11 a.m., Derek's mother, Doreen, went to the park to walk him back home, which was only a block away. Of course, he wasn't there. He had never even arrived at the camp. Investigators searched for four hours before finding Derek's body, and the autopsy listed blunt force trauma to the head with contributing asphyxia as the cause of death. I believe the research that I read said that she had just kind of stood in the yard since it was only a block away and watched Derek start walking that direction, and she thought he was okay to continue, and she went back inside. And that's when Eric kind of made his move. I wonder, and it, this is not like poking fun or nothing like that. I wonder, like, the that, guilt that has to bother her this day. If I just stood there and just watched the entire time, I'm not blaming her at all. But you know, you know, but you can walk your kid to the corner to wait on the bus and just turn around for a second, and they could be hit by a car coming by. Yeah, I mean. It can happen to anyone. Yeah, it was absolutely out of her hands. There's, you know, there's nothing you could do. but And, of course, she may have even seen Eric that day riding his bike around. Maybe she thought, oh, there's another kid. He'll be all right. He's a ginger with huge glasses. He yeah. probably has the playing He's cards. He's going there, too. He probably his has his playing cards hitting up against his spokes. and you know. I don't recall anyone ever really doing that in our age group, except for you. I did. <laughs> it was so cool. And Maybe when, when I was, like... Under 10 years old. I did it like in sixth grade. Mm. In Ohio. Where the pterodactyl was. Yeah, where the pterodactyl was. And corn. Mm-hmm. A lot of corn. Yeah, so there probably wasn't a whole lot for you to do except the put fuck else cards do? in your bicycle spokes. Shit, yeah, dude. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sitting there like going fast. Like, I'm like, get on, on the highway. Dan, dan, dan. It was awesome. I'm sure that was very awesome for you. Good days. So, going into the investigation... Um, uh, nobody can say there wasn't at least one cop that was like... You know, like, you and your, your partner, or your partner that you get along with, because some police officers, they don't get along at all. Mm-hmm. I learned that from uh, your, your, your great cousin or whatever, Tom. He said My he, second cousin. He said he had a partner, fucking despised him. And this is why I respect the shit out of him. 
because you're like when we're on, we have each other's back no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'll jump in from a bullet for you. We clock out. Go fuck yourself. I hope you die in your sleep. But you show up the next day and it's like clock in. Okay, let's go. You know, so you have partners like that. But and there have been several nurses and CNAs where you know we've not gotten along, but we've done the same thing. Very when it professional. Comes to work, yeah. You put that shit aside and you get the job done because yeah. you're not here for each other. Hit each other later. Yeah. But you know the, the cops that are like brothers. Keep her car later. The cops are like brothers or the cops are like sisters, you know, that are partners. You know one of them had to be just like, hey, uh, after this, after we get off, let's tie one off you know, at the mm-hmm. bar. And they're sitting alone at a bar going, I'm not fucking with you. I'd shoot that kid in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I would be that cop. Yeah. I would be that cop like, okay, so oh, I'm sure off the record, I'd fucking kill him for this. I'm sure any... Person that had to be there investigating that scene probably had even just a glimmer of that thought at some point. Like, who's that boy that shot up the church in South Carolina? I don't know his name uh, because he's not worth knowing. He's not worth name. mentioning. I think his like, last name is like Roof or something. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I care more about the victims than I do than yeah. the fucking shooter. But you know the cop that's like, how pissed off that cop is that had to put that bulletproof vest on him. To transport him, mm-hmm. they're like you fucking sack. You don't deserve this fucking vest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of. I gotta put this shit aside yeah. for the cops to do that. The transporting of the the criminals, or you know, the healthcare professionals. If someone gets shot, there's an altercation, and the cops have to bring the victim in or the suspect in. Which I actually sat in on one of those when I was in radiology school, actually. In the ER, guy that had been shot by the cops because he lunged at him with a knife. And you have to set that shit aside. You know they're a bad person. Just like, I'm pretty sure that at least one of my residents at some point has probably been a child molester. Or, you know, done something really bad in their lives. And we don't know it. Statistically, you're going to come across one. Well, I've actually heard that about one of my residents in the past. And he was actually one of my favorite residents. I had no clue. You would never know. Yeah. But... You have to just put that shit aside and get the job done. But the investigators questioned Eric about four days after the body was found. And they reported that he seemed to enjoy talking to them about it when he was first questioned. Do you think one of the cops was like, man, I don't even know where to start. That one cop is sitting there eating a taco in the squad car. And he's like, that redhead kid right there. Ask him first. I'm assuming that that's, you know, like I said, Derek's own mom probably saw him that morning ride his bike because he had to have lured Derek aside. I mean, pretty quickly after the mom left the area because there's only a block where he could have gone. So I'm assuming he had to have done that pretty quickly. Somebody had to have spotted him from the camp or the mom herself. So that's probably where, you know, they got this information and finally tracked him down four days later. Or if he was going to the day camp, they probably talked to all the kids that were going to the day camp. You think Derek knew him? It's possible. I think he would have to because... I mean, they they were both going to the day camp. Yeah, but I mean, like, I wonder if they knew... I mean, like, I'm sure they probably covered it, but, like... You have to have some sort of familiarity or, or, or recognition to be like, hey, come here. Even as somebody older, you'd still be kind of like... You'd have a reservation about it, but he was like, okay... No, think a nugget. Yeah. Anyone talks to him, he talks right back. Yeah. And we'll tell his whole life story, all of our names, 
if he knew our fucking social security numbers, he would give that out too. This is my mom. Her name's Erica. And my dad's name is Billy. And blah, 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 blah. He says this shit to the cashier at Walmart. Yeah. He talks to people all the time. So I'm not, I I think it would have been very easy to yeah. just go, hey, you know, or even if he had a toy on or say, hey, come here. You want to see this? Yeah. Every, everybody is Nugget's best friend. And think four years old. How is yeah. our youngest niece? Is she four? It's about there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that'd be her age. Yeah, I get it. So when the investigators were questioning Eric, they ended up taking a break from the questioning for a short while. And Eric's father brought him some red Kool-Aid. Eric became really upset and threw it on the ground. (laughs) And no one quite knew why at that time. So they ended up questioning him several times over the next three days. And he eventually confessed to killing Derek Roby. During the trial, Eric was diagnosed by the defense psychiatrist as having intermittent explosive disorder, which is where the person having it can suddenly explode with rage and then shortly thereafter be normal. And this is completely a legitimate diagnosis. I've actually taken care of a person with this. What's it called again? I'm sorry. Intermittent explosive disorder. It sounds like bipolar. Am I wrong? Isn't it kind of similar to that? It's similar. Where you blow and then like you're okay. You know? Yeah. Bipolar tends to be more of a longer cycle, not just a short burst every once in a while. It's more of a cyclic, you know, up and down. This is not just you're really manic and excitable one minute and then down on the dumps the next. This is just like a burst of anger and rage. Mm -hmm. And this resident that I had would do the same thing. If you'd go in and try and talk to him, he'd be completely nice to you. And he was incontinent, which means he couldn't control his bladder. And he would urinate and be sitting in it in his recliner because he refused to wear briefs or pull-ups. And you'd say, you know, so-and-so, do do you need to go to the bathroom? Did you already, you know, pee? And he would just blow the fuck up. Because if it came to that, that was off limits. He was not talking about that. And he would swear up and down that he didn't pee. Nothing like that had happened. We need to leave him the fuck alone. So I've seen it and actually witnessed that explosion several times with this resident. So, and this was probably uh, back in 1993, I would assume this is probably a diagnosis that probably hadn't been around that long. Yeah. Kind of a new thing. So I understand the defense trying to use that as an excuse, but that still doesn't mean it's okay to kill somebody. No. So the jury heard that Eric threw tantrums as a toddler, banged his head against the floor. They also heard that he had been held back in school, had speech problems, was relentlessly bullied. You're telling me. I am. You're telling me. Mm-hmm. The kid who banged his head against the floor had speech problems? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the hell you say. Yes, he had the speech problems, and of course he was bullied and picked on because of the, the ears that were kind of low and, you know, the redhead, freckled complexion. I think redheaded freckles is adorable. I've always thought that. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, I think it's adorable. Even, like, a, like, like a grown woman who has, like, bright red hair and freckles, I'm like, oh, look at yeah. you. Yeah, and as adults, yeah, we appreciate that. As snob-nosed little kids. Kids can be mean. All kids are mean at one point or yeah. another. We've been mean to people, I'm sure. I believe in karma. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I've treated like shit probably had it coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I don't think you're necessarily the karma. I might be. How you many, might be. How many times have you been the karma to somebody where you're walking next to somebody and they're like, hey, kid, uh, could you help me for a minute? And you're like, go fuck yourself. You may, that person might have killed somebody. I haven't done that. Uh, oh. Usually I'll help somebody if I can. <laughs> I, I don't have a story like that. I help here. people. I had to explain to, uh, to Nugget why I pulled over and gave a guy money. How did he take that? He didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much the fact that I gave money to a homeless person because I explained that. I was like, well, he, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot. And, um, you know, uh, you, I, I was like, you should just um, live simple so others can simply live. That's how it works in life. He, but his whole thing was, um, I pulled over and I just gave money to a stranger. Like that was his thing. He was like, "What's his name?" I was like, "I don't know." Is he your friend? No, he's not my friend. He is now. But that was that. That was Nugget's big thing. It was like you just you just gave. Was money he to holding a sign or anything? Yeah. It's a guy who's asking for help. Yeah, he um, needed some money. So. We were we were going to Chuck E. Cheese. We we're meeting up with my. Uh, sister and nieces to go hang out at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And he's, and he was like, why is he fighting? I said, he's not fighting because I gave him, I was like, keep fighting a good fight, brother. And he said, thank you. God bless you. And I was like, you take care. He's like, why is he fighting? I'm like, no, it's a, it's a saying. It's not, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, and I have, I didn't tell you about this the other day. I just have to share this real quick. Cause I know we're going off topic, but kids watch YouTube and our kid typically watches little kid reviews and challenges and stuff about NASCAR. And he won't play with toys so much, but watch toys being played with. Yeah. Unboxing of toys. Yeah. He doesn't typically stray far off of that path, but the other day he came running out here from his room and I could just see the tears built up in his eyes. And he was doing that where he's trying to hold it in. What's the matter? And eventually what I got out of him is that he had, he saw a good guy shooting a bad guy. And I said, so you're sad because the, the bad guy got hurt. And he said, no. And I said, you're upset because the good guy had to shoot him. And he said, yeah. And just started bawling because in his mind, he made the connection that this good guy didn't want to do what he was doing and he had to do it anyway. Mm hmm. And he was so upset about that. And I just had to keep holding them and patting them on the back and saying, you know, sometimes good people have to do things that we consider bad. Sometimes it's just people have to. And I'm sorry you had to see that. Don't ever go back to that fucking site again. I didn't say it quite like that, but (laughs) I would have. Dad would have. I told him, don't watch that video again. So I don't know what he watched, but he was truly heartbroken for a long time. And later that day, he even came out. I'm still sad because that guy <laughs> and almost started crying again. And I was like, I'm so sorry, honey. Sometimes good people have to do bad things. They don't want to do them, but sometimes they have to. Yeah. That shows good character. <laughs> but I did want to share that because he did under He understands. He empathizes with people. I think a lot more than he understands. I think stuff. he gets that from dad. Yeah. He gets, he understands how people feel more than the tangible stuff, like fighting the good fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just had to share that because it about broke my heart. God, he probably cried. He saw a boxing match. And <laughs> they keep hitting each other. Stop. 
Well, uh, like I said, during the trial, they heard about all of this bad stuff, the speech problems, that he was bullied. Um, they even heard that he had asked his adoptive father for help with his anger because he realized he had an anger problem and actually went to someone about it. But the family never pursued any type of uh, psychological treatment for him. That might be bad on the parents' part, but seriously, that's no excuse to to do what he did. That's, exactly. That's no excuse to do that. It's not the same as blowing up on the people that are picking on you. This is targeting a younger, much more innocent... A weaker person, a more you know, vulnerable Exactly. Person. The prosecution, on the other hand, stated that they couldn't find any biological reason for Eric's behavior. And that intermittent explosive disorder was rare in Eric's age group. Now, I haven't done the research on that. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that it is an actual diagnosis that I have seen myself. What do you think? <laughs> Once you have it, you have it. Doesn't yeah, but I, I think they're saying it doesn't usually present itself until you're older. Oh. Sort, of, sort of like schizophrenia doesn't show up Manifest until you're around until, like 20s. Okay. Okay, I think it's sure. one of those things, which I don't know if that's correct or not. So don't hold me to it. Long story short. Eric was found guilty of second-degree murder on August 16, 1984, and was sentenced to the maximum term available at that time for juveniles, nine years to life. He was held in a juvenile facility for three years and then moved to an adult prison, and all of his requests to this date have been denied. Good. I don't understand why he was found guilty of second-degree murder, Should because he deliberately lured him off into the woods yeah. and did this to him. The amount of time it takes to strangle someone, I'm assuming he had to strangle him to the point of unconsciousness, especially if the ME had to include that in uh, part of the cause of death. He had time to stop what he was doing. You know what I think it was? I think it was one of those things where the defense was like, I, I swear, I, I, you know, I don't watch court that much, but I watch, you know, crime dramas. <laughs> it, it always, it, at least on TV, it always comes down to, well, if you look at the case of so-and-so v. so-and-so, you'll see, and that's what fucking does it. Mm -hmm. And it needs to get to where the, the judge is like, I don't give a fuck what they ruled. This is my courtroom, I, and this is what I'm saying. You know? And I think he probably was facing first degree, and the jury probably found him guilty on the second degree because he probably could have faced just total life with no parole for first degree. That would be my assumption. Or maybe it was one of those things where it's like, well, if he got the help, he wouldn't have done it. So, or maybe I don't know. Or maybe don't know. they don't have first degree for juveniles. Maybe not at that time. I don't know. Uh, we didn't pass the bar. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I did not go that in depth with that amount of research needed for laws. That was uh, the whole shebang on Mr. Eric Smith. I've actually seen recent pictures of him. He's Still got the red hair, of course. Um, glasses have changed a little bit. He's kind of grown his hair out. But they're still saying, no, you can't get the fuck out. Good. So you can stay where he's at. So, 93 to 2017. I don't mind my tax dollars going to keep him in there. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have enough will to do that to a child when you are a child yourself... There's probably something psychologically wrong with you. I have enough will to keep you locked he, up. He probably needed psychiatric treatment more than prison at the time. But hey, you made your bed. You're sleeping in it, bro. Yep. And I don't mind my tax dollars going toward 
fucking school lunches. <laughs> Can we talk? You know, I don't want. We'll talk about that later. I'll just that pisses me off. The yeah. Fucking end. How about you feed kids because they don't get any food at home. If they're already on a free lunch program, obviously their parents don't have the income. Just fucking feed them. I don't have a problem paying taxes, so hungry kids can be fed. Yeah. Simple as that. And anybody Fuck out Trump. there, if, if anybody out there likes Trump, that's fine. That's what I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to be one of those fucking assholes that says you're a piece of shit. All I'm saying is Trump looks like the villain in a movie where the hero is a dog. There, I said it. <laughs> He's um, that guy in a movie who's like, girls can't play softball. He's one of those mm-hmm. that gets shown at the end. Misogynistic, narcissistic. Yeah, that's him. Moving on from our political rant. You can keep whatever political <laughs> beliefs you want. I will not knock you for it. Believe whatever you want. I will still think you're a valuable person. Yep. People out there don't. They think. We're all people. We all have different <clears throat> opinions. It's they, just opinions. It's not going to hurt you. They think you have to believe what I believe. And if you don't, you're wrong. I, I don't. I don't believe that at all. No, our opinion can't hurt you. Yeah, you're safe. It's just what we think. Just yeah. like what you think can't hurt us. Yeah, I'm not going to be a, a thought. I'm not going to be offended by what you think of us. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, simple as that. We're all human. We're adults. Jesse Pomeroy wasn't. No. Like how I did that there. I like yeah. that. Yeah. We're gonna go way back on this one. Subtle as a fucking chainsaw, you are. Story number two is of Jesse Pomeroy, who is the youngest person convicted of the crime of murder in the first degree in the history of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Okay, so you just kind of answered your last question. Maybe they couldn't convict him of that because of his age. Well, here you are. Here you are. It's right here. Well, this is a different state. Uh, well, no, murder. That's federal. This was also back in 1859. Oh, yeah, it was a waste. Eighteen fifty nine. You know, it, you just wait long <laughs> enough. Why will get them? Not all at the same time, guys. Tuberculosis. Yep. So, a little bit of history on Jesse. He was born on November 29th, eighteen fifty nine, in Charlestown, Massachusetts. So, I did misspeak. The crimes did not occur in eighteen fifty nine. He was born in eighteen fifty nine. Oh shit. <laughs> he was the second of two children. He had a hair lip and a condition which caused one of his eyes to be completely white. So he had the look of a villain already. Like a Bond villain, too. <laughs> like a like he should have a cat and he should be stroking a hairless cat. But one source claims he may have had some slight mental retardation as well. That's just a source. We don't know. Um, he was brought up in the slums of South Boston by his widowed mother. And not much else is known about his life before he turned 11. But one could guess that living in the slums, probably poor, with a hair lip, white eye, and possibly mentally retarded, that's probably not the best life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not, like, empathizing too much with, uh, or sympathizing with uh, old Jesse here, but he already has some strikes against him. Yeah. When he came out. Yeah, that would just be my guess. Not to mention, it was, like, the 1860s. But, like, could you imagine, like, if he hadn't have done what he did, he would be like a kingpin. <laughs> he would be Jesse, like the mob boss. Jesse, the boy from the Massachusetts in the slums with the hair lip and white eye. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Nobody would fuck with him. So, we're going to go through a Jesse little... Jesse fucked up and did this. And he just ruined himself. 
So we're going to go through a little bit of what happened at certain ages in his life. So at about 11 years old, you know, most boys played games or sports. At this age, Jesse Pomeroy started torturing children. Between the years 1871 and 1872, Jesse trapped and attacked seven boys. Well, if you don't have a hobby, you don't have anything. True. He attacked seven boys, all younger than he was. Each one he took to a secluded place, stripped the victim, and tied them up. What's with stripping them and making them naked and doing that? Why do that? Probably to make them feel more um, defenseless, violated, to kind of a power thing, I would think. Guess. I don't know. I've never been tied to a tree and stripped naked. I, I imagine it probably wouldn't be too fun. Uh, honey, it's Wednesday. Come on. Oh, the, there's still time in the week. It's only hump day. <laughs> yeah, this isn't date night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mozzarella sticks and applebees later on tied to a tree. And stripped. We party. Mm-hmm. I'm hip. I'm with it. <laughs> I like the crazy hip-hop rap music. Oh, shut up. <laughs> the first of the victims he beat severely, oh. punching and kicking them until they were covered in bruises. But later he started using his knife, slashing and poking, drawing blood while the victim was tied down. So police soon figured out who the culprit was just because of his appearance. I mean, there's not too many kids running around with a hair lip and wide eye. Again, <laughs> cops in the patrol car are like, him. Yeah. That one. There he is. We don't, so. we don't know if he did it. I still think we should lock him up. I'm just looking at him. I think we should probably put him away. Yeah. Jesse was arrested at age 12 and was sentenced to the Westboro Reform School to be held until age 21. But while in the Reform School, Jesse was on his absolute best behavior. Catherine. <laughs> making ward officials think he was reformed. He was probably like that one that they got funding from the government. They're like, look at him. We did it. He's reformed. Mm -hmm. And the government's like, you know what? You're on to something. Here's your grant. <laughs> he knew he had to do this to get out as soon as possible. And he stuck with it for two years and was released. Jesse was far from quote unquote well when he was sent back into the world. So do you think he, when he was on his best behavior, that was his hell on earth? Probably. I mean, He's to have like, to be someone you are not. Yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for two years. Like, he's like, God, I just want to slit his throat, but I know if I just hold the fucking door open for him, he'll say, thank you. Drink that water, dude. Thank you. Yeah, she's not drinking tonight because she said anesthetic just pumped into yeah, her body. Yeah, I wanted to play it safe and not drink on top of the fentanyl per se. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, we would just be talking into a turned-off mic, and she would email me nothing. <laughs> like, it would just be like the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> It would be a rehearsal. That's what tonight yeah. would be. So, so it's a water night for me. Her? Yeah. Alcohol's got water in it, though. So it's okay. Right. So you're technically having a water night, too. Yay! Just really potent water. Happy water. <laughs> you have sad water. <laughs> Aquafino. Oh. <laughs> that was good. I like mm. that. I'm proud of that one. I like that better than ginger snaps. No, oh, no, that's the best. <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, at 14 years old, in March of 1874, a 10-year-old girl from South Boston named Katie Curran went missing. 
A month later, Jesse took four-year-old Horace Mullen to a marshland uh, outside of the town. Horace was found the next day by police, having been slashed with his head almost decapitated. The police investigation quickly led to Jesse being a potential suspect because then, of his prior history. But then gave up because they, this is clearly a sign of tuberculosis. <laughs> yes, almost being decapitated. See that, Smith? Head damn near came off with tuberculosis. <laughs> Tuberculosis does not pop your head off. Uh, not well, we don't know. It does not happen. We probably know. Yeah, I, I did microbiology in college. and I never saw anyone's head pop off. Oh, they're smarty pants. I took photography in high school. Mm-hmm. I still know how to develop pictures. I don't even take them. I'm always the one taking pictures. Yeah. Good talk. You take pictures of your beer. I don't. Your beer at work? Oh, yeah, I don't. That gets sent to me. I got to put it on Instagram. I don't take those pictures. Oh. Well, then, fuck you. I forward, fuck your beer. I forward photographs. I don't even take them. <laughs> you know, I thought of something. Um, this has nothing to do with child killers, but it has everything to do with tuberculosis. Um, you know, People I, die. I can link everything to tuberculosis. <laughs> Is how I say, like, ghosts always come back and they, they died of tuberculosis. You don't see modern ghosts anymore. Like, have you ever heard of a ghost sighting of somebody with a razor flip phone? No. No. Does that happen? Why? They're well, not They're not more dead than the others. They're just as dead. Probably because people just imagine they're seeing things when it's not really ghosts. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like... Oh... Check my MySpace. You don't see <laughs> the that. Of MySpace. Yeah, you don't see that shit no more. You don't see it. Not no more. You don't see it ever. You're always like, my child died in a well, and I was sentenced to prison, and I hung myself when I found out I had tuberculosis. You don't hear like, did you hear about the Nokia? You don't hear that. True. Yeah. I don't get it. Go they ahead. took away my smart car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back on topic. Netflix asked me if I still want to keep watching. <laughs> so. And I died of tuberculosis. <laughs> Sorry, good. So after police narrowed down who had probably done this, they approached uh, Jesse and noted he was carrying a bloodstained knife. And they, just, they had to approach him to the right. His one eye was white. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure he sees you. Fuck. They also noted that his shoes were covered in mud. His footprints happened to match those that were found at the murder scene. Coincidence? Hmm. Wait a second. You mean to tell me they found a kid in the 1800s with muddy feet? Fuck out of here. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. <laughs> This is all malarkey. This whole fucking episode has just been a ruse I think of everything in the 1800s was mud. It was dirt. <laughs> I mean, like, have you seen gangs in New York? It's dirty. Yep. Get the kid with mud. Like, what do you mean? Like, every kid in And he lived America? in the slums. You know that road wasn't paved. Yeah. Come on, man. So, when they asked if he killed Horace, he simply replied, I suppose I did. There you go. Bet your bottom dollar, fuckface. No, he's just like, I suppose I did. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it was nothing. 
You guys are professionals. You guys say, I guess. Why not? Jesse's mother moved out of her house soon after the arrest, and laborers doing the flooring found Mary Curran, the little girl that had disappeared. Her decomposing body was buried under the basement's earthen floor. Turned earthen, out she, earthen floor. Turned out she didn't disappear. She was there the whole time. She made a reappearance. Yeah, she didn't like. They just didn't look hard. So if you had an earthen floor back then and you spilled a big old pot of water, your floor would be mud. Muddy feet. Yeah. Which, Billy's History Corner, is the term dirt poor comes from. Mm-hmm. It's because you didn't have floorboards. It was just dirt yeah. on your floor. I knew that. Did you know about raining cats and dogs? Yep. Do you guys know about raining cats? Go ahead and tell them. Back in the day, we had uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, buddy. They had thatched roofing. Yeah, and that's where the animals kind of like dug in to sleep to get warmth. Yeah, they'd crawl up in all the straw and stuff they mm-hmm. would use as their roof, and then it would start to rain. It weakened and it, and they had a, dogs and cats would fall from the roof. It would rain. Cats and dogs. Yeah, they had a slip and slide without their wanting it, and out they went. <laughs> That'd be so awful. You're so warm and then you're wet and falling. Yeah. This guy suck. What a <laughs> shit life that is. Yep. Oh, and don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Because they were last to get bathed. Babies were last to get bathed. Usually you would just draw a tub. This isn't in the 80s or last week. This is back, you know. Maybe like 1880s. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. Is you would draw a tub. And the father would take a bath first because he's the one that works. And then the mother would. And then it goes from oldest child to youngest. But by that time, the water's murky because it's the same tub. And probably freezing. And gross. That and poor baby. Yuck. And so it's the whole... It, it means pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because you could lose the baby in the bath water because the bath water looks like chocolate fucking milk. And then you throw the baby out with the bath water. Mm-hmm. I'm full of these little fucking tidbits. He is. I and am. In the process, I've become full of these little tidbits. You know, back in the day, a mayor, usually a mayor, would tell like his aide, go down. A mayor? Mayor. Not mayor. Mayor's a horse. Not the fucking mayor. horse. Mayor. The dude in charge of the town. Mayor. Mayor. <laughs> he would tell his like assistant, go down to the pub, go sip some ale. And listen to what people have to say. Because this was before TV. This was like like newspapers just came out, you know? Mm-hmm. So he wanted to hear what was going on. What was the topics? And then it just turned to just go sip. Go sip turned into what? Gossip. Gossip. See, now you guys are a little smarter. The more you know. Officers began digging around the home he grew up in and found... 12 victims remains. Jesse Pomeroy was sentenced to life in prison for the murders of Marion Horace. He languished in solitary confinement until he died in 1932 at 72 years of age. Not couldn't, bad. Couldn't find any evidence that he was ever tried for the 12 other victims that were found under his house. But I tell you what, people weren't pleased. Mm. <laughs> And I can't imagine it would be a coincidence. There just happened to be 12 bodies under his house. You know, that guy had to get promoted, too. When they found that poor girl, he was like, you know, 
fucking dick all this up, Frank. Why do you want to do that, Steve? Why the fuck not? We found this. We can find so much more. I don't know, man. That's a lot of work. He doesn't have fucking floorboards. We can just do it now. All you have to do is dig. And you know, as soon as, as, soon as his partner found a hand, he was just like, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and they dug in? They could. Ooh, nice. <laughs> they could learn from um, the... Piggy Palace or whatever, Good Time Society, man. You just, you just <clears throat> spread it out too much. You can't do that. Just open up the skull and just insert the body into it. <laughs> distribute it like some weird fucked up Johnny Appleseed throughout the town. <laughs> I think that about wraps this one up. And like I said, down the road, I'll probably <clears throat> do some more research and find some more kids who kill because I know there's a lot more out there. You know, that's good for the podcast, but sad for humanity. Yeah. We'll never run out of material. But. Ever. But, you know, as many kids as I could find, there's probably a thousand more adults, so. That's what I'm saying. Like, just the podcast in general, like, mm -hmm. we're never going to run out of material. And that's great for the podcast. You'll have to listen to us forever. Teehee. Pinky tip in my mouth. Teehee. <laughs> but. <laughs> It's actually yeah, that's nice, <laughs> but it's actually kind of sad too. That yeah, we'll never run out of topics. We have books, books, and books. I do have three new books, and they've each got thirty serial killers from around the world. Uh, some of them I had already looked at as possibly being researched in the future, and some I hadn't even heard of yet. So we got a lot to cover still. All right, so. Of course, we got to throw our plugs in there. Got to visit our website, martinisandthemacabre.com. That's us. Yes, and that has the full playlist of all of the episodes. If you want any Martinis and the Macabre merchandise, official merchandise, visit geekyclothing.com. That's G-I-K-I clothing.com. Uh, Martinis and the Macabre shirts and mugs. There's also other apparel and accessories there. It's awesome. Support small businesses and go Buy some shit to make you look cool. We hope that you listen every time, all the way to the end, because you can miss important shit. You're Just welcome. like that's why you need to follow us on Twitter, Martini underscore Macabre. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Martinis and the Macabre. That's where you're going to get all of your information from us. Because if we ever have to, you know, put a delay on an episode like we did this week, if for some reason we have to skip one, or we're going to put out a bonus one. We'll let you guys know. We're not or just going to fucking surprise you. Yeah. Or if I, you know, like if I fart really hard and a bit comes out. And then like one of the kids dies from the sulfur that comes out of his ass. We'll let you know. It does get rough. Yeah. No, we also post funny shit on there. <laughs> funny to us. Yeah. We like At it. At least we think it's funny. <laughs> and did you post that picture earlier today of the werewolf? I did. Well, it's a wolf. It's a comment on... The episode announcement of werewolves. Yeah. The werewolf episode, you know how it has the link and everything. It's basically Sarah. I I <laughs> posted it as a comment on there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so cool. yeah, it's pretty good. So make sure you follow us on those. I am falling behind on the Instagram and I apologize. You're fucking up. Dude, I've had so much going on. I've had so many doctor appointments and procedures and shit. My store's closing. <laughs> we have a lot going on here. <laughs> Yeah, it's been hectic, and don't anyone worry. I'm I'm okay. Just had some medical stuff going on, and it's multiple different things. So it's been 
one appointment after another. <laughs> what it is, really, in my opinion, is one of those things where it's like so many things have been put off for so long. It's now reached ahead, and now all this stuff has to be taken care of. Well, two of the things, yeah, but um, I'll just say I, about a month ago, I started having increased heart rate, which is called tachycardia. I've been having swelling in my legs, which I don't ever have except for when I was pregnant. Um, just fatigue, kind of short breath, all signs that there could be something wrong with your heart. And I'm only 36. So I've been dealing with that and been to two different emergency rooms. I've also had tendonitis in my ankle. So I've had to go to the orthopedic doc, um, had to have a female thing taken care of. And today I went and had, um, my back injected where they do radio frequency waves to break and burn your nerves up in your back. So it doesn't hurt anymore. So <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and I try and take care of all of this stuff, but I'm, I'm falling behind and I apologize. That's why I felt so bad last night that I went ahead and just recorded the solo thing and just edit it right then and put it out. That way you guys will at least have something. Cause you know, that we're going to follow up on our word and release this this weekend. So, and to me that shows absolute dedication because that was the night before you had to have surgery on some <laughs> nerves in your back. Yeah. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. Um, but you did today. Uh, you were some. sedated. I mean, come on. I wasn't all the way asleep. Oh, bummer. No, I was awake. I was just loopy as all get out. Yeah. That's what mom <laughs> told me. I wasn't that bad when she, she seemed kind of drunk. I kind of just wanted to help her make sure she got up to the door. Okay. I was just kind of groggy more than anything. Now, while they were doing it, I did feel some pain and stuff, but it's like you feel the pain, but you just don't care. So I was just like, Oh, Oh, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> so what I'm laying there with my face down on this table and my hands laying on a stool in front of me with IVs and blood pressure craft stuff. And I'm just like, fuck that hurts. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, just a heads up. I'm not trying to, like, defend myself like I'm doing something bad, but you got to understand, Erica works second shift, so I'm working eight hours a day, six days a week, come home, feed the kids, do the homework thing, mm -hmm. make sure the house is okay, all that stuff, too. So Yeah, he kind of does all the household stuff in the evening with the kids and stuff. Which pisses me off when I see Facebook, like on Father's Day, where like single moms are like, well, I gotta do both. And I'm like, come on, you can't. I'm a good one. It's the same thing as racism. You can't blame the whole group for what one person does. Yeah, man. I'm a good dad. Simple as that. Shit. Everybody is their own individual, and you have no right to shame them for being a certain gender, a certain religion, a parent, uh, any, any specified group. And on our website, there's a contact page. You can send us emails through there or directly at uh, martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com. I um, want to thank Phaser765 for, of course, the artwork, the thumbnail that you see. I also want to thank him for allowing us to use his music at the end of the episodes. I will be putting another track up at the end of this one. You can find him on SoundCloud and YouTube at phaser765 and that's with a ph uh, i want to thank purpleplanet.com jewelbeat.com and pond5.com for all the other music and sound effects that you may have heard this episode and 
I can't think of anything else that I need to plug. Um, check out the Dirt Nap podcast mm-hmm. and Make Me a Fan podcast. Uh, they gave us a Make Me a Fan podcast gave us a great review, and thank you. It's it's awesome. Yes, please, if you have a few minutes, just go to iTunes or wherever you get you know the podcast from. Rate and review us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. That would be so appreciated. And if you do, we may just mention you at the end of the show each week. Now, to uh, make me a fan podcast, um, if you're listening, I left you guys a really great review on iTunes. But when I check, it's not showing on there. Hmm. I don't know. Like, do they have to? Do you submit it and it has to be approved hmm. by Apple or something? No. It didn't show up. I'll try. I'll try it again. I have two people that I recently became friends with on Facebook um, through a page, uh, Anthony and Jennifer Walker. And I know he said that uh, they were going to look into checking out our podcast. So if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. I love the stuff that you submit on the Facebook page and uh, keep up the good work. And that's about it. Thanks for listening. On that note, we'll close out with another one of Phaser 765 songs, and we hope you enjoy. We'll see you next time. Have a great night. Bye.